Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, the Midwest is one of the most affordable places to live in the country, and Kansas City is right at the heart of this region. Kansas City is a large, prosperous, self-sufficient, and culturally rich city located right along the Missouri River. It is the largest city in the state of Missouri, famous for its distinct barbecue cuisine, jazz heritage, and it's nicknamed the City of Fountains. For obvious reasons, they have hundreds, if not thousands, of fountains throughout the city. Kansas City has seen a continuous rise in its employment over the last few years, a trend that directly impacts the local real estate market. And the market is still in a wealth phase where the inflation-adjusted rate of appreciation is greater than zero. In the past year, real estate has appreciated about 3.5%. And the latest real estate market forecast is that home prices will continue to increase somewhere roughly by about 3.9% over the next 12 months, according to the latest real estate data coming out from Zillow, as demand continues to exceed the supply. The Kansas City real estate market is hot, and in many ways, it's the envy of many people on both coasts. It is also one of the hottest real estate markets for affordable rental real estate investments. And that is why we've been in this market for so long. In fact, we've been selling rental property in the Kansas City, Missouri metropolitan area since 2005. That's 15 years. So we have recently onboarded a new property provider, someone I've known for many years, and they have great properties in good locations and with solid returns. So I felt it was appropriate to revisit the Kansas City market and talk about the opportunities there. Okay, with me today is Nathan, and he is one of our newest exciting property providers in the Kansas City metro area, and we're happy to have him on board. Nathan, welcome to the show. Marco, thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on. We've always loved Kansas City. In fact, I've been an investor there for a long time, and I like to refer to some of the markets we're in as perennial markets that, you know, we've been in with for what seems like forever. And I can tell you that we've been selling property in Kansas City since 2005. So it is definitely a favorite market. And I know you like it, too. So let's talk about the market. You know, what can you tell us about Kansas City? It's very popular with investors. And I guess from a high level, why invest in Kansas City, Missouri? Yeah. So we love Kansas City for a number of reasons. First, I I think, you know, a lot of times people investors think about cash flow markets versus appreciation markets. And I think one of the things I really like about it, and I think a lot of investors like about it, is that you kind of get a balance of both. There's both you know, really good, strong cash flow. And there also has been appreciation, nothing crazy. You don't get that like East Coast, West Coast, but you get that steady couple percent a year appreciation. And also, you know, over the last 10 years and longer, there's there's also been population gains as well. So again, nothing crazy, no big booms, but also no big busts, as well as looking at the valuation of the properties. And, and over time, we, we don't have these big, huge dips in value, don't have the big, huge you know, increase, but very steady and stable. So it's been a really good market for us. Yeah, and that's been my observation. It's been what I refer to as a linear market. It's been a steady eddy since 2005 up until, 
I'd say about 2013. And then we started to see property values increase more so than prior years on average. And so I've actually enjoyed the last five years of appreciation, which again, like you said, it's not out of the ballpark, but it's been a little stronger than it normally has. And so you're getting both of the cash flow and you're getting the appreciation. And and so we call that a hybrid market. And for the most part, I think it's still there, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. So property values have been growing. What about rental demand and rent growth? Because that's also a very important consideration for investors. Absolutely. Yeah. Rental demand is still super strong. You know, a lot of people, when they look at underwriting different markets, want to understand the MSA, like the number of people in the in the metro. So Kansas City is like 2.2, 2.3 million. So we're a good sized kind of mid-level city from that perspective. And then the demand, you know, we have a lot of different businesses, a lot of different sectors. So whether it's H&R Block or you have the Sprint Campus here, you have Cerner is here, Farmers Insurance. There's a bunch of large construction, lots of big hospitals. Of course, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Can't forget our sports teams and the Royals not too long ago. But all that to say, there's a great balance of kind of that white collar, blue collar worker and there's also a huge demand. And we even, you know, as of today, are continuing to see properties, as long as they're priced right, and as long as they're priced right for their totally rehabbed or whatever, you know, pricing them correct for their situation, then there's still high demand and low vacancy. And, and it's been very good to be in this market. And one of the things we were very thoughtful of is when we put properties out, you know, just to make sure do they present themselves well and pictures taken well and just make sure that we're really informing that tenant as well and make sure that they can see, hey, is this a place I would want to live and do a good job marketing, explaining it. And then that way we can help, you know, really find the right people that want to call that place home. Right. Nathan, six months ago, we saw a situation where there was very high demand and there was also low inventory at the same time. And that was driving up home values and the speed of sales were very compressed. I don't know if that's changed today. What are you seeing in the market today? You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. I think that just by way of having, you know, the things going on in the world, it definitely has put some strain on people being able to move about easily. And it, with that said, I think, you know, so we talking property management or talking with folks who are buying, I think that What's been wonderful is we might have fewer tours on the on the leasing side, but we've had more serious people. And so you might have less tours, but you have you have still demand for people to have a nice place to live. And if you go out and you're, you know, you're walking that property, then you're you're very serious. And and so we've we've still seen a high demand for those rentals and we've still seen a lot of activity with our buyers as well. And so I think when you look at kind of the value proposition, if you were an investor, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, if you were an investor two months ago or three months ago or six months ago, and your goal was to buy, you know, two or three or four properties, whatever it was in 2020, that should still be your goal. And let's look at it and assess it deal by deal and and opportunity by opportunity and just make sure that we help make sure that you make a great decision. But we've seen, I mean, I was talking to one of my acquisitions guys this morning and they're still getting multiple offers 
on rehab houses. <laughs> I think it's very, very much stable, and there's still very much a, a high demand for both the rental side and the in the investment property side. Sure. Yeah, we're still very bullish on the market. There's no reason not to be investing in the Kansas City metro area. There's pretty much every reason to be investing in that market. Inventory's there. You've got a good team to work with. The cash flow numbers work. So therefore, your cash on cash numbers work. There's still an expected price appreciation, although more modestly. You know, we're our research is showing a about 3.9% over the next 12 months, which is still very healthy. Anything in the three to 5% range is considered very healthy. So there's many reasons to be investing. In fact, I myself am in escrow right now on a property that I'm just finishing up on and refinancing. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm still investing in the city. So moving on, let's talk about the opportunities there. Before we talk about the property specifically and what they look like and the price ranges and all that stuff, let's talk about neighborhoods because to me, neighborhood quality is critically important. You could look at a market and say, yeah, Kansas City is a good market to invest in, but that's a very high level decision. It's very macroeconomic, if you will. But when you get down to the neighborhoods, then you start talking about things like the demographics, the schools, the crime and all that kind of stuff. So Let's begin with neighborhoods. You know, what types of neighborhoods do you suggest? And then what types of neighborhoods are you actually focused on in terms of turning inventory over? Yep, absolutely. So we focus in kind of just your your really basic, solid, safe neighborhoods. And Kansas City's kind of laid out in a way that there's a lot of different neighborhoods, a lot of different city names. But I kind of take the approach of if I can't send my wife there or our staff wouldn't be safe there, we don't invest there. And from the perspective of people who we've worked with in the past, and we kind of have those, your basic house, whether it's three bedroom, four bedroom, cute neighborhoods. Most of them are older neighborhoods. Homes are built, say, from the 40s, typically to the 60s. And they are places that just kind of have the normal neighborhood with the school, you know, and folks are easily able to get in and out. And that's when I think Kansas City is really not, it's not like a, a lot of internal transport. So most of the time people drive it from wherever they're going to wherever they work. And so um, that also has been something that came up a lot. Like, hey, it's not a big deal to drive 20 minutes. People live in, in neighborhoods that they're used to. And man, we find a lot of times, like literally, if you grew up in a certain city, a lot of times you're going to live in that city and your kids are going to go to school in that city. And so it's, or, you know, you just take a new job, you move to Casey, you want to be closer to work, then you'll, you'll live in this little pocket because you like the arts and, and whatever's happening rather than it being super close to work or whatever. So it really brings, there's a lot of different types of neighborhoods, whether it's like some are closer to, you know, arts entertainment, some are closer to the highway access. And so we just look for solid neighborhood, nice area, house that both a tenant would like to move into and that we can rehab it well and safe area. We have a pretty good size buy box, if, if you will, from the areas that we work in. I think a pretty important factor is the desirability of a neighborhood. You know, what is the rental demand going to be like today and in the future? Because you obviously want your property leased and leased all the time or as often as it can be leased. You know, occupancy is probably going to be 90 to 95 percent on average over, you know, the course of a, a property's life, if you will. 
So the desirability is an important factor. And if you're picking properties in neighborhoods that have that desirability, your property manager is always going to have a pool of tenants to draw from because they're going to want to live in that area. Exactly. And also, I think, you know, it's like when you think about the exterior of the house, is it is it a place that's does it cute from the curb and can you envision cooking in the kitchen and is it a nice space to be in and in the backyard, you know, or whatever, can you picture hosting your kid's birthday party or the the barbecue with the neighbor or whatever? And so we try to think through the two different lenses because there's the investor lens, which is you want to understand and underwrite it from the financial perspective, as well as like, Hey, Marco, you and I are having a beer together and, you know, it's exciting to go talk. Would I be excited about sharing this, this property? And then from the perspective of the tenant who calls it home and they actually live in that home. And we want to make sure that we're not just putting lipstick on a pig. We, we really get a good house that we can do a great renovation on that's laid out that makes sense for that, for that person to want to live there and stay there for a long time. So not to put words in your mouth, but if we were to put this on a spectrum, what would you grade these neighborhoods in terms of A plus all the way down to a C minus? Yeah, this is one of the things that I, I don't love that the A, B, C, D neighborhood thing, because some people call an A house that I'd call a D house and some people call it D house <laughs> what I'd call an A house. And so I'll put it in this perspective. I, I believe that there's a couple different things that we should think about if we're calling them letters. Number one is the quality of the rehab. And number two is like the safety in in area. And number three is the price point. So I'd call ours like the C plus to B minus or B, solid B. We have really good neighborhoods. Sometimes the school ratings aren't that great, but it, it keeps no difference of getting somebody to rent there. Sure. And then price point wise, you know, it'd say it's 110,000 to 150,000, which is kind of that like, right sweet spot in the marketplace for the types of houses. But from our rehab, I went there A plus. So we do we do a knockout beautiful renovation job. And so, you know, a lot of times I, I have seen people who market homes that are in really not good areas. They call them a B or an A because they have a nice rehab or or at least presumably have <laughs> have one. So all that to say I we focus on safe area, easy to rent a really, really, really good and detailed job in the construction and then handing it off to really rock solid property management. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. Two points here. One, I think one of these days I'm going to do a podcast episode on grading properties and grading neighborhoods and separating the idea of those things, because a lot of people talk about an A or B property and they're referring to the quality of the renovation work and the property itself they're not referring to the neighborhood or the street that it's on, you know, and so you can actually talk about both and you probably should talk about both. And the reason we probably don't talk about the grade of the property itself is because we only focus on turnkey rentals. And so for the most part, they're going to be called A's anyway, right? We're not going to call the property a B or C class property because that wouldn't be a turnkey rental in our opinion. So we're going to refer to the neighborhood, right? Yep, exactly. That's exactly why I love what you just said. And I think that would be a great podcast episode. And when you think about an A-class property, I think of, you know, like in Kansas City, it'd be $250,000, $350,000 house, you know, and top schools of the area or whatever. And you don't typically have that. It doesn't typically make financial sense to be buying that kind of house 
as an investment. And that's why people from the East Coast, West Coast, whatever, want to invest in a city like Kansas City because you get a great house in a great neighborhood for much less than that. And so really understanding what the neighborhood is, what is the rehab, and then what is the end product that you're getting. Yeah. So at a very high level, I like to look at neighborhoods that have an owner-occupied rate of over 50%, meaning that more than 50% of the properties in that neighborhood are actually owner-occupied, not rentals. And I also like to see that the median income in that area is exactly that, the median income for the market, not a low-income area. I would put C-class neighborhoods in the low-income category. The median income, your middle market, your middle class is your B-class neighborhoods. And then anything above that would be your A-class neighborhood. So you're always going to have a little bit of crime in your B-class neighborhoods. And the schools aren't going to be the greatest, but they're going to be good. You know, that to me is the sweet spot, that B, B-plus area. That's where you're going to get, in my opinion, the biggest bang for the buck. You certainly will have the right cash flow and rates of return, but you still have the upside of what the market is doing in terms of potential future appreciation. That's well said. Thank you, sir. All right. So let's talk about the properties. Properties vary from market to market and neighborhood to neighborhood. And of course, depending on who you're working with, the quality of that property may differ in terms of renovation work. But describe a typical property in the neighborhoods that you operate in. Absolutely. So we do have some two bedrooms, but vast majority are you know three bedroom. We get some four bedroom as well. In Kansas City, it's totally normal to have a one bathroom. We do have some that are one and a half and two bathrooms as well. But We'll call it 1,000 square feet, 1,200 square feet. Some of them are ranches. Some of them are story and a half. But most typically, it's that either front-to-back split or ranch, either on a basement, crawl space, or slab. So all three of those are normal here in the market. We do a serious level of rehab. And over the years, we have gone through and reviewed our process and updated it numerous times. And so at this point now we go through and we have a very high detailed down to literally every ceiling fan, you know, number of tile, whatever, everything is high detail. And we, and we go through and make sure from the front end, we know exactly what the full scope of work is. So we do an extensive renovation. Typically, you know, there are some that don't need as much, but we spend on average well over 30,000 per rehab. And so we're very serious about making sure that we can do everything we can to find anything that was not in good condition, whether, you know, HVAC windows, roof, um, anything in the kitchen, appliances, and so forth. And uh, we go through and want to really have it set not only to look nice, but to have as much longevity and be tenant proof as possible. Yeah. 30,000 is a pretty good number for a scope of work. You know, a light renovation would be 10 to 12,000. 30,000 is good. I find that the curb appeal is critically important and, you know, those finishing touches that you put in the property also draw tenants in. It not only leases up quicker, but sometimes you can get an extra 50, 75, 100 bucks a month just having nice finishes. You know, I'll give you a quick example. I have some property in Florida that I'm putting granite countertops in, in the kitchen and bath in as I'm replacing appliances. And I've come to find out through some market research that I can bump the rents up $100 a month just because of the granite. And so it's worth the expense of having that granite in there. I totally agree. And whether looking at the property, looking at the area and understanding what it is, and we've played with that back and forth. And we are very much focused 
looking at the colors, looking at the style, looking at just the way it's finished, it makes a huge difference. And so I 100% agree and and 100% uh, think it's worth looking at that. And that's also why we our budgets have actually gone up over the last 12 months on construction and uh, well into the 30s, honestly, because we we wanted to make sure that from the beginning that we got both right. We got the rehab side right. And we also got the pretty looks nice in pictures and actually, you know, has a nice finish. Okay. Yeah. That's all important stuff. So Nathan, some investors are numbers based and they'll look at price versus rent. They're looking at the ratio of those things. When you look at the types of properties that you are turning over, what are the price ranges and what are the related monthly rents to those properties? Just so we have a perspective on that rent to price ratio. Absolutely. Yep. And I think it's critically important also thinking about that to also think about the tax rate and also the insurance costs here. I think about all of those things. So typically if we're the lowest in prices that we have are say in that 100, 110,000 range, but typically very close to 1%, if not just a little bit under. So, you know, if it's a $105,000 house and it's 950 to a thousand rent per month. And then we have like the one, 115 to say 130 range. And let's say it's $120,000 house and roughly 1095 or so rent. And then a little bit nicer, a little bit, you know, bigger home, let's say 135 to 150. And then, you know, it's say it's, you know, 1250 to 1350 rent, give or take in the range of the the price point and the, and the size of the house. So we also have relatively low taxes in Kansas city. So, you know, on those hundred thousand, 120,000, you know, they're call it 1% or a little over 1%. So, you know, $1,000 to $1,500 a year. So relatively low and also insurance, $40, $50, per hundred thousand or so. So it's, it's definitely on the lower side of cost there too. Yeah. And it should also be mentioned that typically tenants are paying their utilities there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Great. In terms of inventory, are you finding enough inventory in the market today? Because I know that there was a time when it was pretty tight and it was hard to find inventory, inventory as in your types of inventory that you're picking up in distressed condition that you're fixing up. You know, we we are. It's definitely a give and take, but we have a lot of great relationships and a lot of folks that we get to work with. And so in, when we operate at scale, which is nice, and so we have built those relationships over time. And, and so all that to say, <laughs> on a given week, we might not buy a certain number of houses, but over the course of the last three months, six months, 12 months, we've still been able to, to buy at scale and, and be able to absolutely bring in enough inventory to make it make sense for, for us. And we, we have gotten much, much better, both at the time to get to a property to underwrite it as well as like the systems and process to underwrite those houses. So that definitely has helped us be able to buy enough houses as well. Okay, good stuff. I think you mentioned this at one time in the past, but kind of warranty work, if you will. If one of our clients are investing in some of your properties and something happens, you know, in the first two, four weeks after they've acquired the property and it was related to something in the scope of work or the workmanship is, is there any warranty on that renovation? So what we, what we do, we've been working on this for a while. One of the things that we, 
we changed up instead of trying to have a, a warranty on the back end of that specifically, what we've gone through is we actually, we take the third party inspection and we go through and we literally, instead of trying to say like, we're going to do this, we're not going to do this. We're going to do this. We're not going to do this. Well, first of all, we provide the whole scope of work. So you actually know what we did. And then number two, we go through and take every item in the, in the inspection report, we put it into an Excel spreadsheet and go through and, and identify every item, what we did to fix it in a picture of that issue. So if there's something that comes up that we missed, we, we will come and look at it. But um, we try to make it simpler and simpler and simpler. And that way it was really clear what we did and then what the investor is getting, if that makes sense. Yeah, got it. Oh, that's great. The other thing we do too is if there is the investors buying it at the, the moment that it's, it is not tenanted yet, uh, we also have a rent guarantee too. So if for some reason it took additional couple of weeks, we cover the amount at the point that basically you'd have a mortgage payment, we will cover the full amount of rent. So after 30 days, we'll, we will cover that until the tenant is placed. Yeah, I forgot about that. And that's actually a good point to emphasize is that the rent guarantee that you're talking about is not covering just the mortgage itself, but it's actually for the full amount of anticipated market rent. So if it's a thousand dollars a month lease, it's a thousand dollars a month that you're essentially covering. And how do you do you prorate that on like a daily basis or something? Yeah, exactly. And then we'll typically just cut that as one check at the point that it's leased, the tenants placed, and then that way one check one time, and then we're not trying to track down exactly this month to this month. They can just have one check, know how much it was, and prorate it based on the days and and such. Okay, nice. So let's just kind of wrap up with property management since we're talking about leasing the property. I know it's a third party and someone or a company that you work closely with and have worked with for quite a while. Just briefly describe the property management services, which I assume are full service, of course, and what the terms are under that management. Yep, absolutely. Yes, we we did have property management at one point and we found that we were much better served and our clients were much better served with, with third party property management these guys have been in business for a long time and do a wonderful job. And we've really built an awesome relationship and partnership with them as well. And our staffs, you know, meet together regularly and work together regularly with, you know, feedback back and forth. So it's been a really, it's been a real blessing, honestly. They charge 8% monthly for the management and they do uh, 50% for the placement of the tenant. It's very reasonably priced. I think they do have a, a really high level of skill and ability and and their staff does a great job. Awesome. Lastly, let's talk about some stats. Do you have any stats on occupancy rates or turnover times right now in the market? You know, I like speaking of like the current situation, like today, today, is that what you're asking? Well, this month, this week, this quarter. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. There's still a very, very low level of vacancy. I've actually spoken to four or five property managers over the last, I would say two to four weeks. And they cover maybe 5,000 plus doors between them here in Kansas City. And everyone is still getting high level of applications. There was basically a one week lull. And then all of a sudden, just high level of applications, single digit low vacancy. The company we work with has I think 76, 77% of their people renew and they put a serious focus on that. 
And I was talking with one of our property management friends of ours yesterday, and she was mentioning even how you know, they were getting literally multiple people trying to like <laughs> bring their deposit money to lock up properties. So I really think it's pretty extraordinary when you think about, you know, there's a little crazy in the world, no doubt. But when you think about what the really basic necessities are, real estate and a place to live it being one of them. And if you have a, the right property, I think you kind of said this earlier, right property in, in a good area, priced appropriately, it's still very much, there's a lot of movement happening. So there's really very, very low vacancy and still incredibly high demand. Well, housing is a basic need. People need a place to live, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's a pretty good feeling when you have tenants fighting over your rental property and they're clamoring to take possession of it. It's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, well, and that's part of the other thing too, is like when you are in the turnkey space, I think that's one of the incredible draws as an investor too, because you know you're getting a property that's well renovated. And if you have something that is, it might be a little bit more money, but it's much nicer than the house down the street for 50 or $100 less. It's so easy to rent them because they look great and people want to live there and they want that HTTV kind of experience, you know, and they get to have that because you provide a, a really high quality product. Yeah. Well, all else being equal, if it's the same size, the same floor plan, the same rent, but yours is newly renovated, it will be the first one to lease up. It'll lease before the one down the street, which is a competitive advantage, you know, being a property owner. Yep, exactly. Nice. Well, Nathan, anything else about the market or the investment opportunities you'd like to share before we wrap it up today? No, I I think we've done a, a good job and I appreciate, you know, you, Marco, to to have the conversation and chat about it. And we, we approach our business every single day to learn and approach with integrity and, and leadership. We have an incredible team and uh, not just focus on one individual, but the collective and, and bringing in the right people and, and working with amazing clients and being able to help people really achieve what they're looking to achieve. And, and so it's a real blessing to get to do what we do and to get to work with awesome people like you. Thank you. Well, I feel the same way. And we're, we're excited to work with you because we do need more inventory. And I know from people in the industry that you guys put out incredible work. So um, I know our clients are going to be very happy with the product that you guys put out. So that's it, Nathan. I appreciate you taking the time. I will talk to you next week and you know, have yourself a great weekend. You as well, Marco. And thanks again for the opportunity. Thank you. Be sure to contact one of our investment counselors for a free strategy session if you're interested in the Kansas City metro market as an investment opportunity and find out what inventory we have coming down the pipe as well as what we have available today. If you don't have an investment counselor, not a problem. Just fill out the form on our website. We will connect you within 24 hours and you will be in touch with one of our six great team members here. If you have a question about real estate investing, then please click the Ask Marco button on the top of the website at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. And I would be happy to answer your question either on the blog, in an email, or on the show. Help us spread the word. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Help share this show with other great like-minded people like you. And once again, thanks for listening. We will see you on our next episode.
Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.